in beautiful North Florida celebrating two years of color commentary, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Happy Monday, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and patriots of all ages. Welcome to another adventure-filled, fun-filled, fact-filled week here on In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary. And yes, as we continue in our second year, we're going to have some fun. Now, <laughs> I it's kind of funny to me because, I mean, as we're starting a new week and a new year and everything, it blows my mind that we're only one week, only one week into 2024, and it's already nuts. Oh my gosh, it's absolutely nuts already. And... And there are those times when I wish I was wrong about something, but I knew it was going to be crazy, but I just didn't think it was going to go as fast as it has. Now, already, just from last week, on January 2nd, as of all dates, here we have the national debt officially reaching $34 trillion. $34 trillion. That's bad enough. And it only took a little over a hundred days to add an extra trillion dollars to the de- uh, to the national debt. That's scary. Uh, just right there. I don't even want to try to wrap my head around the numbers. Uh, but that's something that we're going to get in- into today on uh, this Monday's adventure in podcasting. Now, before we get into the real craziness and the heart and soul of everything, uh, just as a reminder always, you can send us questions, comments, uh, shout-outs via email at inblackandright at gmail.com or go to our website, inblackandright.net or you can catch us on all of our social media, uh, all I simply ask is for folks to pass on uh, in black and white to their friends all over the country and the, all over the world. Uh, we did pretty darn well last year. Uh, we had thirty. We had downloads from thirty-eight different states and twelve foreign countries. So I'm looking and very optimistic for even more growth. I'm hoping to get the last 12 states this year so we can be truly nationwide but you can simply go to any podcast platform and look for us please subscribe and follow and get notified when new episodes uh we upload and pass them on to your friends because really that's the way we grow word of mouth is still the best advertising so With that in mind, let's go, folks, and start from the weekend. Now, President Trump, we we are exactly one week away. Next Monday is the Iowa caucuses. President Trump is working it, folks. He's working it. Over the weekend, Friday night and Saturday, 
he did four. Four different events in different parts of Iowa within, like, what, less than 36 hours? The man is the Energizer Bunny on steroids. He is out there. And this week, the lead-up to the Iowa caucuses, he's going to have his all-star team of surrogates all over the state. I mean, all over. Uh, some of the folks who are going to be uh, campaigning for uh, President Trump, Dr. Ben Carson, brilliant, the man's a genius. He's going to have Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders and her father, former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee, doing events uh, in Iowa. I mean, my goodness, he's even got Roseanne Barr doing uh, an event for him in Iowa. That right there is a mind blower uh, for sure. Uh, I mean, you've got others who will be there. You've already had uh, his son, Eric, uh, doing uh, an event for him. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she'll be doing uh, events for him as well this week. Uh, so it's going to be a busy week. It's going to be crazy. We're going to be probably doing supersized shows, a lot more of them, and probably even working weekends because I'm, I'm fully prepared to work on a weekend because 2024 ain't going to slow down for nobody. That is for sure. And I want to keep uh, all of you as up to, up to speed and up to date as possible on everything. So it's going to be, yeah, a little bit of information overload, but it's critical information. And there you go. So, let's get nothing to it but to do it, so let's go. Now, I, I was, I've been kind of going, okay, 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 okay. What do I do first? What do I do first? <laughs> I, I love this because over the years when I've done media, sometimes I get the question, what do you decide on, well, what you talk about on a particular show? And <laughs> I tell them, I don't have to go looking for it. It finds me first. My job is to sort of prioritize. It's like, okay, can maybe do this today, maybe do this the next day, so on and so forth. But certainly one thing that has, that's of immediate, uh, immediate need of being addressed over the weekend while Trump was basically working it in Iowa, Speaker, Mike, House, Speaker of the House Mike Johnson once again uh, threw America under the bus. Um, Hard-working Americans under the bus. Because over the weekend, Speaker Johnson announced a spending deal to avert a government shutdown. Which, again, goes to, oh great, here we go again. The dog and pony show of a press conference that he had last week at the border. And now, all of a sudden, you know, he doesn't want to have to deal with January 19th coming next week when the current CR uh, expires. So now, I, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm, I really want 
to be supportive of Speaker Johnson. I really do. But the man is the wrong speaker at the wrong time. We need an actual leader. Someone who will not put up with this nonsense. And given the attitude of what happened when Ben Burkwam of Real America's Voice asked the question, are you willing to shut down the government in order to get the shutdown of the border? And he was heckled. I spoke of that last on our anniversary show on Friday. I mean, come on. This is ridiculous. And already, here we go. From just the news, Speaker Johnson announced a spending deal to avert a shutdown. Now, I, I want to read a portion or two of this, but i got to have the answer to a question. What is it with Republicans when you mention the term government shutdown, they go into panic and freakout mode? I mean, I expect so many of them to start hyperventilating when you actually mention the term. And I'm thinking to myself, are you kidding? I mean, are their memories that bad? Because there have been government shutdowns before. There was one under Paul Ryan as speaker. There was another one done when John Boehner was speaker. Even Newt Gingrich had to deal with one during the Clinton era. Now, to shut down the, the government over the border is a fight worth having. But, nope. Oh, no, we don't want to shut down the government. We're gonna, we don't want to shut down the government. The sky will be falling, and the media will blame us. <laughs> well, so what? The media is part of the screw-up of this anyway. So, frankly, you got to get over this fear of the media or fear of whatever because the corporate media is going to be the corporate media. They're not going to like you. They're going to lie about you like dogs. They're going to try all sorts of gotcha questions. I mean, good grief, given what even Speaker uh, Johnson went through over the weekend on uh, Face the Nation or Deface the Nation. I don't know. I said, no, 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 no. It's Time, it's long past time for the GOP to grow a pair. You know, you just got it. But we have a really slim majority. Well, whose fault is that? You know, and as far as the rhinos go and the establishment types go, many of the, a few of them, or many of them, have already announced that they're not going to run for re-election this year. The heck with them. You know, all of these retiring Republicans, these retiring rhinos, they're looking for one last screw you to the American people because since they're not running for re-election, they can't be held accountable. And they're just going to ride off into the sunset, off into the private sector, or maybe become uh, contributors for the mainstream media or whatever. Going, just so long as they're out of Congress. Now, I can see that happening. That's the scary part, because I am that cynical. But, you know, 
Ugh, I think about it and sometimes I just want to bang my head against the wall. I do. But this spending deal, just to get back to that, uh, from just the news, uh, Madeline Hubbard is the uh, reporter. And here we go. Yeah, The Louisiana, and this is just early on in the story. The Louisiana Republican leader made the announcement Sunday in a Dear Colleague letter to members of Congress after reaching a deal with the White House and the Senate, The Hill reported. The top-line deal allocates $1.59 trillion for the rest of fiscal year 2024, which lasts until the end of September, September 30th. It includes $886 billion for defense, and $704 billion for non-defense spending said in the letter. Both the House and the Senate are set to return from winter break this week as the first batch of funding is set to expire next week and the remaining government funding batch scheduled to expire on February 2nd. Yay happy. But there are some definite questions. I mean, sure, the House Freedom Caucus says it's a complete and utter failure, which isn't really difficult to figure out, but I have questions of my own. My first question, uh, what about funding to secure the border or shut it down? There's not much money in there. I mean, they didn't mention the details. Uh, of, is there going to be money to secure the border? Is there going to be money going to the Ukraine? Or is any money going to Israel? What about the current two, over $2 trillion in deficits that we're dealing with right now? Is there, a, is, this, is there a plan to address that? No. No. I mean, it's, it's a mess all across the board. Because, as the old saying goes, the devil is in the details. And so until this spending plan and all of its details are made known to the public, I'm just thinking, once again, the GOP screws the pooch and dog breeders are in tears everywhere. Ah, mercy. Well, other fun things are going to be going on uh, on Capitol Hill this week. Yes, the long-awaited uh, testimony or deposition by the great lord of all science, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Oh boy, this is going to be a real mess. And once again, I have this really bad feeling that there, the Republicans aren't going to be asking the right questions nor will they have any real scientists to back up this stuff. I mean, I'd love to, I would love it if somebody would have enough sense to bring in somebody like Dr. Robert Malone or maybe Dr. Peter McCullough, uh, Professor Harvey Risch. These guys are real experts and frankly, they can take uh, Fauci apart, at least as a as fellow scientists and do and real doctors. 
I, I'm just ugh. But interestingly enough, some uh, again just the news came up with a great story, and the headline: Fauci likely to be asked these ten questions during two-day transcribed interview this week. Now I won't get into all of them, but there are some that are very relevant, very legitimate and fair questions to be asked of him, which he will do his normal song and dance and, you know, about how, you know, brilliant he is and this and that, whatever. But just a couple of the questions. Uh, one of the questions that, I, that somebody might ask, were you aware of gain-of-function research being conducted at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China? Now, that's certainly one, and I'd love it if Rand, maybe Rand Paul might just kind of step in and just kind of, but uh, here's just, uh, this is interesting. I'm just, I'm, I don't want to get into the whole thing, but there are some questions that are absolutely mind-boggling and and of course you're never going to get a straight answer from him but here's another question that Fauci could be asked could you elaborate more about whistleblower allegations that you visited CIA headquarters to potentially influence the agency's COVID origins investigation now that's a good one uh, another one how much did you weigh in on Operation Warp Speed? There's another one. And now these, are, these aren't actual questions. These are just questions that he could be asked. And, and especially when it comes to uh, another one about vaccine mandates. Why did you support vaccine mandates for employment and education? Hmm? Now there's one. Now, like I said, these are going to be potential questions, and he should be asked these questions, and they're tough questions, they're legitimate questions, but you got to remember, Fauci is a narcissist. Everything is about him. I mean, my goodness. If you read some of his quotes from earlier, during the whole COVID thing, yeah, this man is old, he is a narcissist, and frankly, he's a royal pain in the arse. And he's just digging life right now because he gets this golden parachute, and I'll bet you big money he is scared spitless for Trump to have a second term because there's going to be somebody in the Department of Justice or somewhere who is going to actually go after him criminally, legally somehow, or maybe even a civil case. But this is just going to be a hoot. It's going to be an absolute hoot. But, like I said, what can you do, folks? Okay. Uh, another fascinating thing to happen coming up and this week now this is from the gateway pundit 
and it has to deal with the upcoming case in Georgia uh, challenging the ele challenging those elect the electronic voting machines and in fact I do believe the trial starts set to start tomorrow but this from today uh, January 8th headline Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger does not have to testify in upcoming case challenging Georgia election machines and I'm like Wow, are you kidding? He doesn't have to testify when he's considered one of the defendants in the case? Hoo-wee! Oh my goodness. Ay, 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 ay. Now, it's already bad enough that you've had people like Catherine Engelbrecht of True the Vote and Greg Phillips who have shown all kinds of evidence that what happened in the 2020 election in Georgia with those machines and the video of all those hidden ballots that were under the tables you know you had the fake emergency with the water uh, the fake water main break emergency and yet the guy who is at the heart of this doesn't have to testify weird but i'll be keeping track of that one as well but uh in the meantime something that is a monumental blockbuster to me that happened over the weekend now we've got states uh, like Colorado, like Maine, who are t doing their dangest to get Trump off the ballot. There are other states that are going to be trying, uh, such as uh, Illinois. They even tried it, and I talked about this briefly on our anniversary show last Friday. Uh, they even tried it in Wyoming, a, red, a very red state. But Here's something that I didn't know. And I'm blown away when I heard this. Now, when you hear about these insurrection clauses, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, from these legal beagles uh, on MSLSD and CNN and whatever, they always seem to forget Section 5. And I talked about this. Uh, uh, last Friday and section 5 enables Congress Congress and, and this is from the actual text section uh, about section 5 quote enables Congress in case the state shall enact laws in conflict with the principles of the amendment to correct that legislature legislation by a formal congressional enactment okay so we know from section 5 it is Congress that can come up with any type of remedy for this now fast forward to 
Friday night, or actually more like Rewind, Grant Stinchfield on Real America's Voice came up with the legal argument very based in uh, the Constitution and so on and so forth. But yeah, hang on to your hats for this one. Oop, here we go. May 22nd, 1872, Congress repealed the Insurrection Clause, making the 14th Amendment, Section 3, null and void. Two-thirds of both the House and the Senate voted to declare, you ready? I'm going to quote here, all political disabilities imposed by the third section of the 14th Article of Amendments of the Constitution of the United States are hereby removed from all persons whomsoever. You see that? They null and voided it. When you look at the 14th Amendment, Section 3, we all focus on the line that reads, no person shall hold office if, and I quote, they have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But apparently, the last line, and the last time anyone read the last line of the insurrection clause was way back in the late 19th century. It reads, but because Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each house, remove such disability. And that, folks, is exactly what the House and Senate did back in 1872. It rendered the Insurrection Clause obsolete. And because it is obsolete, it can't be used to bar anyone from office, much less President Trump. Apparently, the courts and deceitful politicians that weaponized them forgot about this important legislation passed nearly 152 years ago. So the reality is... I can prove to you that President Trump is not an insurrectionist. I can prove to you the presidency isn't even listed in the 14th Amendment as an office to be barred from holding. I can prove to you that double jeopardy applies to President Trump after the left's failed impeachment of him. I can also prove to you that President Trump's due process rights have all been trampled. Some bureaucrat can't punish you for a crime you've not been convicted of, much less charged with. But I don't have to do any of that now. Because once again, Congress rendered the insurrection clause null and void. So for one more time, let me read chapter 193 of the 42nd Congress back in 1872. Be it enacted by the Senate and House of Representatives of the United States of America in Congress assembled that all political disabilities imposed by the third section of the 14th article of the amendments of the Constitution of the United States are hereby removed from all persons whomsoever. And if you still don't believe that that holds weight, let me tell you this. That legislation allowed President Ulysses S. Grant to offer this proclamation to any office holder being charged under the insurrection clause after the Civil War. He ordered the cases to be dismissed, writing, I, Ulysses S. Grant, President of the United States, do hereby direct all district attorneys having charge of such proceedings and prosecutions to dismiss and discontinue the same. This, folks, is about as cut and dry as it gets it's a slam-dunk argument that will crush the radical left and restore President Trump's right to be on the ballot. Here's the good news. 
the Public Interest Legal Foundation realized all of this and just filed a brief with the Supreme Court explaining it all. Well, well, and well. Kind of went a little bit longer than I thought, but Grant Stinchfield did his homework and so did the Public Interest Legal Foundation and filing an amicus brief with the Supreme Court quoting that very same piece of legislation that back in the 1870s rendered the 14th Amendment, Section 3, null and void. Wow. And yet, if you listen to every single radical leftist wackadoodle legal expert, a constitutional expert, and they don't, they, they did not mention that. It's either really poor, and I mean seriously poor, research, intellectual dishonesty, or just intellectual laziness to say that, well, hello, we have Congress taking care and nullifying for the 14th Amendment, Section 3 by the constitutionally prescribed means in Section 5. Congress doing it. And they had a two-thirds majority in the House and the Senate when they did it. Well, well, well. Don't that, ain't that a kick in the head? Or, frankly, some people need to be kicked in the head because... The mainstream corporate media once again showed why it's absolutely useless. Why they are who they are. They are awful. They are, and they're reprobate minds. Their utter drive and rage and vitriol and venom that's in their hearts against President Trump against America First, against MAGA, is there. And I warn folks, it was going to get worse. There, it's going to get worse. Now, this lawfare that's been going on, now, if the Supreme Court, now, this is a kind of a big if, if the Supreme Court are going to do the job that they're supposed to do, this should be a slam dunk, nine to nothing, unanimous decision, and grants President Trump immunity, presidential immunity, and everything goes kaboom. The lawfare goes kaboom, at least with some of some of the cases. I mean, the New York, the New York trial is a civil trial, but and the prosecutorial misconduct, the bias of the judge, the bias of the state attorney general, Letitia James, in New York. I don't know who's, I don't know how this woman got to the position that she did, but she obviously wasn't going to be governor of New York because her campaign pretty much sputtered right out of the gate. But with that involved, yes, the judge, the Arthur Ergeron, he's a mess. He's a wackadoodle. 
he's a Trump hater, so is his wife, dropping F-bombs on social media. But you're an idiot, sir. You are a biased idiot. And everybody knows what you're going to do even before the trial officially ends. And Trump's attorney, you tried to throw a gag order on Trump? You tried it with his attorney? The due process rights of President Trump have been put through a wood chipper? Big time? On so many levels. This nonsense needs to be ground to a halt. And if the Supreme Court actually goes by the Constitution and by congressional statute, then it's going to be, it needs to be a 9 nothing uh, decision in favor of Trump. Jack Smith went major league bonkers, especially with the filing that I mentioned last Friday, you know, saying that, well, if Trump gets elected and during his first State of the Union and, you know, he's going to call for this and that and, the, and oh my gosh. Every time I hear something like that, I keep thinking of Michael Savage's great book. Liberalism is a mental disorder. And frankly, I mean, I haven't read the whole thing, but I need to pick that up and reread it. I read the whole thing because if you think what's going on, I mean, like I said, this is the second week of January. We're barely into 2024, and yet we've got wackadoodles everywhere. Deranged liars, pathological liars, and people with agendas that are anti-American, anti-Constitution, and frankly, anti-Christ. This is proving to be more important that all of us who love the country, who love America, we need to be politically savvy, active, involved. I mean, you don't have to do all that I do. You don't need a podcast. But you do need to be aware of what's going on, who's doing it, and what they're saying. And this is part of the reason why I do what I do. I do the work that most conservatives and Christians and patriots aren't able to. Or even worse, they don't. And I'm here to help. I am here to educate. I really am not much more than a force multiplier. Uh, and I'm okay with that. Because if we don't get it right, if the church doesn't get it right, we're going to have all kinds of problems. I mean, all kinds of problems. And it's going to go much more than January 6th. That, that, that was bad enough. And I will get into uh, Joe Biden's really twisted speech, probably tomorrow, and really remind people, and especially for the woke Christians who gave me crap back in 2020, thinking that Biden's this really good guy, he's moral. 
That's it. He is anything but. He's dementia-ridden. He is a full-on racist and has plenty of history of it. And I'm, I'm just, I'll get into that tomorrow. But at least for right now, be ready, be on the watch, because if you think it's bad now, it's only the second week of January, and it's going to get worse. Now, I'm hoping that next week with the Iowa caucuses and Trump getting the landslide victory that I believe he'll get, maybe it sends a message to birdbrain Nikki Haley and my governor Ron DeSantis that okay you're done it's time and because eight days after that is the New Hampshire primary now if there if Iowa doesn't do these people in then New Hampshire needs to because not long after that going into February it's going to be the South Carolina primary. So let's see how long the rest of the GOP field lasts uh, against Trump. It's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a little bit fun to see what is it going to take to knock these people pretty much, you know, to make them wave the white flag and go, I surrender. You know, and consolidate behind Trump, whether they like it or not. So, we're going to see. The week is young. And, well, we've got a lot of work to do. But I, for now, am just willing to just say, oh, I'm going to call it a day today. I will be back tomorrow. And I will get into this whole, who is the real Joe Biden? And... Why can't he seem to uh, get his really sick, twisted message across? So for now, as always, um, like I said, you, I encourage folks to follow us, subscribe, get notified about the podcast. Uh, I'm hoping to get back doing uh, in black and white daily uh, our video bot podcast on Rumble starting uh, next Monday, the 15th, just in time for the Iowa caucuses. So for now, my friends, take care of yourselves. God bless. Have yourself a great week. And as always, remember, patriots come in all colors. <laughs>